You know the feeling. I'll just watch one episode, you say. I'll just stay for an hour. I'll only keep the job for a year. Then I'll move on. Then things will be different. And then an hour, a day, a year goes by, two years, three years, and you're still doing the same thing. And even though you told yourself you'd quit, that you'd grow out of it, that you'd move on, lose interest, kind of like what you're doing. You like where you are, you're happy, you're staying. That's what happened to Marilyn Burns. When she moved into Cleveland Public Housing, she thought it was temporary, just a chance to get back on her feet. Told myself five years that I'm out of here. This is it, I can't even do this. That was 12 years ago. And today she's still there and happy about it. In fact, she went from being reluctant to come and eager to leave to being one of her neighborhood's biggest advocates. So what happened? That's the story on this episode of Watershed. So you probably remember in the last episode, we visited Wood Hill Homes Estate. It's a public housing estate on Cleveland's east side, home to 700 people. Most of them live in walk-up brick apartment buildings clustered around a community center and a playground with slides and a splash park. Marilyn Burns is one of those residents. Find my key. I really, we really need a light. I'll put a light out here for you, Miss Burns. Oh, thank you, Robert, so much. You're just <laughs> such a swell guy, you know. That's all it took, huh? Yeah. She lives took. in a one-bedroom apartment, looking out toward downtown Cleveland. Well, you can't really see it out her window, but she knows it's there. So this is where I live. So we can step in. It's three on the the walls of her small living room are covered, just about every square inch, with inspirational posters. They have photographs from nature on them with proverbs printed underneath. Attitude, I think this, because I always use this as my example. Attitude is a little thing that makes a big difference. It's like when you take a pebble and throw it in a pond and how it just spreads She got them from her pastor at church when he was cleaning out some old stuff he didn't want anymore. I like this one too, change. If you're not riding the wave of change, you'll find yourself beneath the wave. So all these things I try to read every day as my inspiration, you know, for when I leave out, pump myself up, so to speak. Ms. Burns needs that pumping up because she's really busy. She surveys community members about public health for a research program at Case Western Reserve University. She teaches classes on managing diabetes and chronic pain at a center for senior citizens. And today she's working the front desk at the Woodhill Homes Community Center, buzzing in kids for the after school program. Yes, ladies. Hold on one second. No, nobody, no, nobody just got off the elevator. Okay, see you guys later. All right now. She doesn't get paid for doing this. She's doing it because she likes to be involved. Feels like it's her calling. But that's not what brought her to Woodhill Homes back in 2005. She didn't move here to help out. She needed help. She came because she had nowhere else to go. 
Actually, I made some bad mistakes in my life uh, dealing with wrong people, and uh, it cost me a great deal. Uh, so um, I needed a place to stay. And uh, I put in for housing, so someone had told me about, well, think about public housing. You need something right now, right now. So I put in for here. Ms. Burns grew up in Mount Pleasant, a nice neighborhood right on the border with affluent Shaker Heights. Her family was well off enough that they could hire a nanny. So public housing just felt like another world. Never knew anything other than driving through. I raised my children in the suburbs. I grew up in the suburbs. Told myself five years that I'm out of here. This is it. I can't even do this. It was hard on her. Her family didn't understand, especially her son. He came to visit me one day down here, and he was appalled. He was actually angry with me. And how could you live like that? What did you? And he said he would never be back. I think he came twice to visit me. And after that, never again. And after that, he passed away, so. What did you say when, when he said, when he asked I you how you? I was ashamed and embarrassed because I've never lived like that. He ended up dying of cancer at the age of 36. And he and Ms. Burns weren't speaking at the time in part because of how much he disapproved of where she was living. In those early years, Ms. Burns struggled a lot. She couldn't believe her life had come to this. I had a, a spiritual advisor from church, and we would talk all the time, and I would say, oh my God, Roy, what happened? I, I, how, you know, God is really mad at me. I, I, I don't like this. Why am I here? And I questioned it, and I kept questioning it, and I kept questioning it. And kept questioning it. As five years stretched to six, then seven, eventually she decided the best way to cope was to take action to see what she could do to help her neighbors. You know, at my church I go to, let me give a plug in, Unity Baptist Church, 10480 Kinsman Road. We have a, a mission statement that says, if you can help one person along the way, then your living won't be in vain. And I take that to heart. At first, Ms. Burns says she went overboard, getting involved in places and lives where she wasn't necessarily wanted. She'd lecture people about the evils of doing drugs or give them advice about how they should raise their kids. It got to the point where some of her neighbors complained about her to management, even tried to get her evicted. It was around that time that she first met Robert White, who was then the assistant manager of the community center. And he basically told her, hey, slow down. I came here with the purpose of <laughs> trying to change the whole world. Mr. White said, stop. You'll drive yourself insane. Because I was. I was going crazy. Why doesn't anybody want to accept my way of life? Why did I do that? You know, and I was like, he said, stop it. Just stop it. Then it was Ms. Burns' turn to get some advice. He said, find something to do outside of this place that you feel that's worthy of you. So that's exactly what she did. She enrolled in college classes, got involved as a volunteer at the Senior Citizen Center and at Case Western. She says her main goal is still to improve the lives of people living at Woodhill Homes, 
to make sure they have access to healthy food and good medical care and job training. But getting outside the boundaries of Woodhill Homes gave her new perspective. It showed her how to help people in a way where they didn't feel threatened. I had a hard time, and I formulate this every day because it's an ongoing process. Why doesn't everybody want to change? Why doesn't everybody accept what I'm trying to give? Sometimes it's because they don't know how. Sometimes it might be out of fear. But the longest walk is that first step that you take, you know. And some people aren't willing to take that first step. Some that are, it's okay. And I'll, and I'll work with you. It was a young lady here. She has two kids. And when I met her, I just was watching her for a while. I got up, I introduced myself, and she said, and she introduced me. We got to talking. And she said, I'm just struggling so hard. I'm like, well, what is it that you want to do? And she says, I want to go to school and get my bachelor's degree. I said, then that's what you do. And every day I saw people, things coming at her trying to stop her and block her from achieving that goal. But every day I encourage her, you want some help? You want me to keep the kids? What's, what's the problem? What are you dealing with? Go on and finish that paper. Did you do this paper today? Girl, did you read that paper? Did you send this in online? Oh, Miss Marilyn, girl, what you need, you know? And she uh, graduated from Kaplan with her bachelor's. Wow. And she's working for Children's Family Services now. That's great. Uh, that is great. That's great. When did that happen? Uh, a year ago, actually. Is she still living here? Yes, and she's engaged to get married, and she's moving. So uh, that's, that's encouraging. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Mr. Roy. Come on. A little chilly out there. It is a little bit, yeah. As we wrap up our walk, Robert White lets us back in the building and we all take the elevator back upstairs. What do the two of you like best about each other? Honesty. Yeah, I'm honest. <laughs> to a fault, to a fault. Yes, brutally yeah, what about, What do you like best about Miss Burns? She's motherly. <laughs> you always need a big sister. She's been my big, big sister since I've been here. We talk about life. Yeah. And the good and the bad and the ugly. You know, hell, it's always good, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just, we brought new life to a place that, that didn't have much. Yeah. And, you know, he's a good person to vent, because I get frustrated a lot. And see, yeah, I, I I, and he doesn't. And a lot of things I take so seriously, he busts out laughing. And I get so mad. You get so angry, man. <laughs> 12 years after she first moved in, Ms. Burns says she still sees herself one day leaving Woodhill Homes, but she's no longer in a hurry. I'm kind of a spiritual person, and I believe that God is keeping me here for a reason. Because if I left here in all honesty, there is no advocate for this place. There is no one here physically fighting for these people, fighting for a change. And if I have to be the only dog in the fight, then so be it. And I have a big bite. So uh, uh, not to brag, but uh, if you mention Miss Burns, a lot of people know me. Uh, I'm respected because I, I fight for the right, for the justices of the people that don't have a voice. So are you here by choice now? Yes. Yes. 
I'm here by choice. And when he's ready, he'll move me to where he wants me to be. Really just, I'm like, I want to help. I want to make a change. And I think more so than anything, God knows your heart. And he said, okay, you really mean this? I'm going to, I know, he knows when it's time for that move in my life. And I believe that that's going to happen too. But my work here is not finished yet. It's not finished. For Watershed, I'm Justin Glanville. Watershed is produced by Sidewalk, telling the story of people and place. This episode was written by me, Justin Glanville, with sound design and recording by Angie Hayes. Our editor is William Bostwick, and our story consultant is Don Arrington. Music is by DJ Doc Harrell and the Kids at Refresh Collective, refreshing Cleveland through creative arts, community engagement, and youth development. Check out photos and written versions of our stories online at OurSidewalk.com, that's O-U-R, Sidewalk.com, and get in touch there too. Oh, and if you could write us a review on iTunes, we'd be forever grateful. It helps spread the word about the show. Until next time.